Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. And we're still at home. Still here. <laughs> still here. Uh, I don't know. How far are we into this thing now, Amber? I, I, I kind of lost track of time. I have I March 15th. Surprisingly. For me. I, I know some people are having a hard time. No, it was a, March 13th was the official day I'm saying for me. So it was right around the same time for both of us. I know a lot of people are having a hard time with this um, being shut in like this or maybe, you know, lack of money coming in because they can't work. So we're thinking the best thoughts of you guys all out there. Hope it's all going to work out. Everybody just hang tight. I think things are starting to get a little, they're starting to lighten up a little bit here in Michigan, but I don't know. Um, There's some really weird stuff happening here in Michigan where we're from. Um, Some embarrassing stuff. Some embarrassing stuff is happening. And I, I mean... We're allowed to have opinions about this stuff. And I mean, I don't know the facts. I think there's some facts here. I know I question a lot of things and I think it's, you got to question things. That's super important, but there comes a time where you have to just acknowledge some facts about things, acknowledge that we're dealing with something that can kill people. It's a very dangerous thing for some people and maybe not so much for other people, but it's dangerous. And I don't see the logic and gambling on that because you want to get a haircut or because you want to go to a restaurant. I can't believe how many people can't just go without. That's what this whole thing has been disturbing for me to watch people, how selfish they are. Uh, Just like I said, they can't go out without something like, yeah, a haircut or yeah. Well, I I, I understand the work. Like I I know we got to get people back to work and they, and they can't sit on the system forever and unemployment and all that. I, and and especially small business owners. Things got to move forward. I understand. It totally has to happen and we have to figure out some creative solution to move forward safely. But like, I don't know the the, turning this into a political thing. And then Michigan here, we got like the guys showing up with like swastikas and the Confederate flag I, there's been some weird KKK stuff floating well, around. I, I, like, you why gotta, is I, this? What does this have to do with a virus that's killing people? Well, I mean, I and a lot of that stuff I think can be taken out of context. Also, I don't know why people would be brandishing that ridiculousness, anyways. But I think some of these people are alluding to like you know Nazis. You know, you guys are treating us like the Nazis were treating people back in those days or whatever. I, I don't know all this. I don't, I don't know. know all the facts because I. I mean, I, as I already said, I I know. It's healthy to question things. And I, there's a lot I don't trust. However, I mean, when your mindset's changed, like I, I mentioned to you, I went out and got groceries early this morning and we needed to get some stuff in the house. And one of the things I have to have is my special soda, my 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 carbonated water. It's a, it's a, one from Trader Joe's I like to get. And it's, un, it's just totally plain, but I don't know why. I, I just can't get enough of it. And we can't really get out to Trader Joe's very often here where we're at. So I think we were out there like a month ago, and I I loaded up then like four five cases of this stuff, and over this time of watching people even get worse and worse about the whole hoarding thing, when I went and got five more cases today because I drank it all, and I don't get to go there very often, and I mean now I'm in this mindset where I was kind of embarrassed at that, like I felt I was rolling around my basket around there with these five cases in there. Just wondering how people are judging me. Like, oh my god, who's this creep? That guy's hoarding. He's probably got twenty more packs yeah, of those in yeah. his basement. And I even said and it, all the meat. <laughs> I even said that to like the people when I was checking out. I'm like, look, I'm really sorry. I, 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 I'm not hoarding these things. I just don't get out here very often, and I drink one or two of these things a day. It's like my staple. You know, I have to have some carbonation. I don't want all the sugar you get. Did from- you have two carts? 
No, I had one car. I cr- just it was insane. I had like a pile of stuff on there because all that water I had on okay. there. They gave me two carts on the way out, and they were nice enough to help me with the other cart. And I said, I'll take care of the rest of it. But, but I mean, I, it's got me in that mindset where if you get two of anything now, people are going to be like looking at you like you're hoarding something. Well, yeah, you something. feel like a jerk. You know, and, and it's not the case at all. I just like my water and I don't get to go out there very often. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening here that are, yeah, they're kind of embarrassing. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, and, yeah, I know. It's been like we're and pushing. And the weather's a bummer too in Michigan. We're pushing a solid two months of this now. I mean, and literally like for us at least – more so for you, Amber. I mean, we've been out of the house for the only reason to take our cat to the vet or to Grocery get some gro- get some groceries, and that's it. You went and got breakfast. I went and got a carryout. Like one, one of the I, most exciting things ever. Yeah, we had to have a carryout from our favorite oh, joint, so we did that. But I mean, really, Florentine. I don't. I, I mean, I think the point here, though, is just that: like, <laughs> you got to get to a point where you have to accept some facts. And make decisions based on that. And I've gotten to that point now. The fact of the matter here is there's something that's out there that can kill us. How it got here, I don't know. I'd like to find out. But those are the facts. And I'm staying put. And I know you're staying put, especially way more than I am, Amber. Uh, We're just staying put here. Uh, I've gone to Walgreens twice. Yeah, you've gone to Walgreens for snacks. Yeah. <laughs> snacks. That's what will get me out of the house, snacks. And I mean, we've said this a bunch of times on the show in past discussions we've had with people that, you know, this is a good time, whether we're in the tail end of this or we're not, I don't know at this point, but this is a great time just to get yourself realigned, spend some time, solitude, you know, self-reflection, all them great things that you can't normally do when you're running around like a maniac. I know that's what I do. I mean, when I'm running around busy, busy, busy every day, it's hard to sit down and get your, get your head right. You know? So this is that opportunity. I think people have stay put, Stay cool. Just stay home, I think. You know, your hairs are going to be fine. It's okay. If some roots come through or whatever it is, I don't know. Uh, I personally am not one of those that worries. And like you said, Amber, that's one thing you said. You know, people just can't do without to a certain degree. It's like, I mean, really, a haircut's that important? And that's the big thing here in our state is people are bitching because they can't get their hair cut. Yeah, I got a friend. That's like the most fucking stupid, like third, like, I'm sorry, first Oh my God, how, how am I forgetting my first world problem you right. can have right now is a haircut. I got a friend that like snuck out to her hairdressers and like secretly got her haircut. <laughs> and they wore masks and everything and they've both been in the house. You know, they haven't gone anywhere. They're 100% certain they don't have anything. But like, I just was like, who cares? It my doesn't hair- mean you're a bad person, but I, no. I really am going to judge you, judge you a little bit based on your decisions because... I mean, look at me for Christ's sake now. I mean, I'm, I look like a mess. I know I look like a mess. I haven't, my beard's grown out and my hair's all grown and back out. I got, it's just a mess. I'm not worried about it. I just call, I just wash it, comb it back and I'm done. And I don't see, I know it's different with ladies. I know. Um, I get that, but this isn't the time for that. You're just going to have to hold up. I think that's just my opinion on the thing. I don't know why it's so difficult, but yeah, the protesting we've had in this state. Yeah. And the weather, like we go from you mentioned the 45 weather. to 70. 45 to 70. We're, we're going to get snow maybe this Saturday. Because why not? Yeah. Murder murder hornets, pandemic, snow in May. Yeah. Aliens. But at this no. point, I don't think that... Maybe this is what this is being is prepping us for. <laughs> is just the final unveiling of the aliens are just going to show up and we're all going to look up and well, go... Well, they did that. They are, the Navy already said, yeah, those videos Well, we, And were, we talked about we that. 
but and but, like no one batted an eye. They're what's like, I'm oh. saying? Maybe they, we're just being softened <laughs> up. We're, we're being tenderized like a pork loin. Uh, so when something really, really heavy does go down, we just kind of look at it and oh, just and sip our beer and be done. Oh, and there was a flyby. There was a flyby, like one of the closest ever of a asteroid or yeah, maybe, I read whatever. That too. Yeah, yeah, that just like zip by real close. Like that's cool. So you know that threat's always still out there. Awesome. That's not even a threat though. If yes, that happens, if that happens, it's just over with. Not necessarily. It's happened well, I, in the past. And I guess. I on. guess it could happen, and then make make life for the people that survived really crappy. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm thinking, you know, if you get an asteroid the size of like New York that I mean, hits the it, Earth at full speed, it's just going to vaporize the rest of the planet. The planet's just going. It's just going to be a mess. Well, yeah. I, who knows? But. So I mean, I don't. Even, like I said, those things don't even. I don't even. I don't bat an eye at stuff like that because I'm like, okay, look, if. If, if it's the right conditions for whatever an asteroid or a comet is, it's going to wipe the whole planet out anyways. There's nothing we can do about that. We're just this floating ball that may run into something someday. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, all right. This is some really good doom and gloom conversation Yeah, this here. is just not positive. <laughs> Someone's yeah. going to be like, oh, it's new ghostly talk. I'm going to be so happy. Yeah. Oh, they're bumming me out. I'm bummed out. Oh, well, you know what's actually kind of cool, though? What's that? I love Bill and Ted. And Bill and Ted 3 is coming out in August. And I just got an email today saying, would you like to be in the Bill and Ted movie? And I'm like, yeah, I would. And I guess you gotta, you got to listen to their demo. They have this demo music. And you have to video yourself for 30 seconds doing something to that music, like rocking out, air guitar, playing a real instrument. And you can submit as many videos as you want, but it's only 30 seconds. And so I'm sitting here trying to think of something creative to do because we have a wall of speakers over there that could be a good backdrop. <laughs> oh, we could set it up real nice for you. Yeah, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> to be to try and get into the Bill and Ted movie. <laughs> There's Amber's quarantine. <laughs> it's my project. Her quarantine project. She wants to get in the Bill and Ted movie. Yeah. Yeah. So hang in there, guys. That's all I can say. Um, we're doing this. We're we're right there with you. No different. We're we're held up here, trying to stay busy, trying to stay pro- as productive as we can. Do the same for yourself. That's all I can say about it, Amber. Anything else? Anything else you want to say about this thing about the well, the coronavirus? Yeah, sure. Thing? There's been a lot of people bringing paranormal stuff uh, to like online world. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I just attended my first online paranormal conference this weekend, and Greg and Dana from their uh, museum of the paranormal and occult put this on, and it went off flawlessly. I couldn't believe everyone's like Zoom, whatever they were using, if it's StreamYard or what, worked great with a couple hiccups. Um, I think because I wasn't distracted by slot machines and friends, I actually listened to the speakers. Yeah. Um, and they, so these people that go around doing this kind of stuff, that's their normal gig, like that's how they make their money. Um, they're not making any money right now. They can't do gigs. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot more online paranormal stuff like this because that's the only way they can get out there and do stuff. Well, a lot, there's a lot of things. Not, paranormal conferences, we're starting to see that. Lots of gatherings are starting to happen like mm-hmm. that. There's been a handful of music festivals. They're doing online music festivals where these guys just play in their living rooms. Well, yeah, Devin Townsend, my guy. Devin's been doing Devin's that. Devin's been doing concerts and raising money for uh, yeah. uh, hospitals while he's been doing it's it. It's Devin's birthday yesterday, by the way. Yay. Devin Townsend, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Devin. Love you, buddy. Uh so yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that's happening like that. And that's another point to bring up is like we're going to come out the other end of this thing different people. We're going to have different ideas. Um and I really I really hope one of the one of the outputs from this is going to be well why do I how do I have to leave? I can just we can just do it all online now. 
which really would bum me out because you got to get out well, and do stuff. You got to. I think it's good to be mingle, but I to be mingle to, to be mingle, mingle to be mingle. Uh, but I think it's going to really up the game on this whole like online presentation type thing and everyone getting used to live streaming with each other and stuff where that used to just be kind of like a little side thing like, oh, you could go to Facebook live, Instagram live. And now it's like I think it's this is it's all going to go up a notch and be easier to I've, use. I've done a couple Facebook live just after a couple of beers. When you're it, drunk. I'm not drunk. I've just had a couple <laughs> beers and we're just goofing <laughs> around. And we're we're ki- we're killing time. And I've had a couple where I went on there. And I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I'm not wild and crazy. I mean, I I I got me thinking like, okay, well, how do these people like these big streamer people like they do a live thing like on YouTube or whatever? Like they'll have a hundred thousand people watching them. It's like, wow, that's pretty insane. Now, of course, now they've built that up probably over many years. But um, what do they do? Because I'm sitting there like, okay, I got my beer and I got a record well, in the background and that's it. They plan it. You know, they plan it. You know, just like anybody that has a live show, they got to plan it. So our guest tonight is Nicole Strickland. She's a paranormal researcher, published author, writer, presenter, and tour host from San Diego, California. She's the founder and director of the San Diego Paranormal Research Society, and this team is also the official host of the Spirits of the Adobe Tours at the iconic Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. She's also the author of several books, such as RMS Queen Mary: Voices from Her Voyages, The Haunted Queen of the Seas. Spirited Queen Mary, San Diego's Most Haunted, and Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. So a lot of local cool ghost lore and legend from California in her books. We had a blast talking to Nicole Strickland, so enjoy. Nicole, I want to say thank you for taking some time to come talk to us tonight on Ghostly Talk. It means the world to us. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. How are you tonight? Thank thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And you are from California. San Diego. Okay, cool. Southern California all the way. How long, (laughs) what, you know, one of the things I love to ask people because, you know, we're all, the paranormal obviously covers a whole lot of different areas nowadays. Obviously, we're going to be Absolutely. talking about ghost research tonight, which is the, the lifeblood of what we do here. Um, what I have my story. I know Amber has her story, too, and I always love to hear other people's stories. Like, what was that spark that that you – maybe there was a spark that lit inside you that kind of drove you in this direction to what you're doing now with the paranormal? Great uh, question. I think that that spark has been slowly kind of lit for many years. So ever since I was a young child, and of course, a lot of people have their initial interest in the paranormal uh, in the younger years, but I, I think it hit me when I was around four or five years old. That's when I had my very first experience. And so I was born in, in Huntington Beach, which is a, a little beach community about an hour north of San Diego. And then I moved out to Las Vegas, Nevada, lived there for about five or six years. And then I came back to San Diego, California. And so I've been in uh, Southern California ever since. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, you know, that initial spark happened when I was about four or five. 
uh, had some interesting experiences in the house I grew up in in Las Vegas, but it wasn't until my college years that that really strong, profound encounter hit me. And that was actually with the spirit of my maternal grandmother. Her name was Helen Lopinto. And I've, of course, shared this on other shows. So she actually passed away from congestive heart failure. And what's interesting is she called me the afternoon prior to her death and she wanted to make sure I was okay. And I thought, well, this is rather odd. I mean, she knows I'm okay. So I, you know, talked with her for a few minutes. Of course, I was a busy college student and I kind of rushed her off the phone. I would have liked to have spent like an hour with her, but it was more like a 15 minute call. Yeah, yeah. And it's to that, to the day, to this day, I kind of feel a little guilty for that, but I've apologized to her. But anyways, uh, so we talked a little bit and then the next day, my mom, so her daughter called me and told me the news that she passed away in the early morning. We think about 4.45 a.m. Yeah. And so, of course, I was devastated. I came back out to uh, San Diego. I actually went to the University of Arizona. So I came back out to San Diego to be with the family and to attend her services, very small services. And then after a couple of days, went back out to Arizona. And then that's when the weird experiences started happening in my apartment that I didn't even notice that weren't happening prior to her death. So I noticed a couple of the doorknobs would rattle by themselves. Of course, you know, with my analytical mind, I would, I thought, oh, it's the neighbors, it's vibration, but I tested that. That couldn't come up with an explanation. And then one night I was sitting on my bed and uh, I felt a disembodied hand touch my face. I didn't see anything, but I felt it and it felt as though it came from someone I knew. That's when I started to put the dots together. But it was a couple of days later, if I recall, uh, again, I was doing coursework on my bed and I saw movement out of my left peripheral vision where my closet area was. And when I looked up, I saw my grandmother's spirit form completely full bodied. Uh, It looked like she was backlit, almost had like a spotlight shining against her back. Uh, She looked about 10 years younger. She didn't say anything, Uh, maybe a slight smile across her face. I don't really remember, but she was wearing a very vibrant blue and and white house dress that she used to like to wear uh, in the the years uh, prior to her death. And so she lasted maybe about a second, maybe two before, you know, demanifesting just right before my eyes. Mm -hmm. And that same experience happened uh, a few nights. And so that's when I actually called my mom her daughter and i was explaining to her (laughs) all the stuff that i was experiencing so uh that two of us we decided to openly talk with helen and and let her know that she's okay the family's okay she doesn't need to linger if that's what she's choosing to do she can move on and and to wherever that wherever she needs to go and so once that and once we had that talk with her then the experience has stopped but it was just extremely profound and i don't know if maybe it was me projecting you know, the vision of her, yeah. her form, because maybe I was missing her or if it was actually her, I, I don't know, but it was just one of those very profound experiences. I was going to ask you what, if you thought, if you had a, had a, maybe a reason formulated why you were seeing her and you kind of explained that already as far as, and I mean, I think, go ahead. I yeah. You- I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, I've tossed over on that. I don't know if it was actually her spirit form. I mean, my gut says it was, yeah. But there's always the chance, too, that I was projecting that on to the environment, too. It, it's it's a hard, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure on that. We've had a lot of conversations lately, it seems like, about the idea of 
being newly dead. <laughs> I don't really know an eloquent, right. you know, freshly deceased. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what, you know, an eloquent way to say it, but people, okay, let's, here's the eloquent way. People that have recently crossed over, right? Uh, we've had a lot of conversations with people on that and I've been really trying to dig into the meat of that and the mechanics of it. And I mean, it's like a lot of, I mean, it's, a lot of times it comes down, it seems to the same stuff. I mean, we just had a recent conversation with someone where, I mean, a lot of people cross over and they don't even know they're, they don't even know they've, they've passed away sometimes. They, they don't, right, they don't really exactly. even know, right? Some people are very knowledgeable about it. They're very aware of the situation. And that comes into that idea where I think a lot of us would experience this or maybe even want this where it's like, well, especially if it's an, if it's a sudden, you know, a sudden death. I mean, I think we ideally all want to, want to pass on, you know, in a beautiful bed with, with rose petals around us with our family holding right, our hand, right? right? That's right. what our, that's what our, I think everybody's ideal, you know, idea of them passing on, you know, very graceful, you know, very poetic. Uh, but sometimes car accidents happen. Sometimes heart attacks happen, things like that. And that's where that idea, I think, of people not having, you know, any idea where, you know, where, where they're at as far as their existence is. Uh, and I think a lot of people have that experience where they want to come back and say, oh, you know, it's like, oh my God, I just had a fight with my kid, you know, the other day. I had an argument with my daughter the other day on the phone and we never made up. And, you know, I like to think, and I think the more I hear about it, the more I do believe that. I think people can come back. And maybe, oh, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. your grandma was one of them. Like, hey, because you, you obviously, you know, you're carrying some guilt, and I think we all carry that 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 bit of guilt, no matter who we are. We all have that monkey on our back from people in our lives that are gone now, and and like you said, yours was maybe you should have talked to her longer, you know. And and that yeah, well, and that could be right there why she, if it was her and not my projection. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that could be the reason why she came through. And again, too, I think if I, you know, I've been in this field now for about twenty years. Mm-hmm. Now, when that happened, I wasn't yet nearly as experienced or educated on the paranormal. So if I had had that same experience now, yeah. I probably would have a lot more insight. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I like to think that the idea that could just simply be that, that your, your grandmother was aware of how you were feeling and that you were carrying some guilt. And maybe that was her way of, ste- you know, stepping up and saying, Hey, look, it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just chill out. Right. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she died very peacefully too. So Good. they say, um, she got up to go to the bathroom from what I've been told. And then it was like, she went back to sleep and it was shortly after that, you know, she passed away in her sleep. So, yeah. I would like to think she passed away uh, in a peaceful state. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, other yeah. experiences you've had. I'm just I'm curious about this too. I mean, that's a pretty big one. I mean that, and that is one of those ones I, where I can understand. I know the original question was, you know, kind of what what lit the spark in you, and that's a doozy right there. <laughs> I mean, that's going to make anybody. That, I think, that was yeah. That's the one that laid the foundation or the tent pole, so to speak. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I've had you know. I I mean I, I have a team out here in San Diego, San Diego Paranormal Research Society. We've been around since about 2009, and so we've investigated a lot of different private homes and businesses and and historical sites. Uh, we host tours at uh, a ranch, the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, which is a an old. Uh, uh, lasting uh, adobe mm-hmm. actually up in Vista, California, which is about 30 minutes north of San Diego. We consider it North County, San Diego. And so we've been hosting tours there for about 10 years. I've had some interesting experiences there. Uh, but a lot of my 
really profound experiences have occurred on the RMS Queen Mary, which is another site that I've been researching now since about 2005. Wow. I mean, there's just so many, but I mean, it's, it's those types of experiences where you might have, like where I've had a personal experience or a personal sensation that is backed up by some other form of data, whether that's a an EVP or a, a photograph or, you know, another person's corroboration, things like that. So I always feel like the more puzzles that you can link up and connect, you know, the better chances of, of an experience being authentic. So, yeah, but that, yeah. I mean, I've had so many, oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I would say one of my, I mean, I'm trying to like sift through in my brain. Okay, what do I want to talk about? <laughs> I would say uh, one of the most profound, I guess, on the Queen Mary, since yeah. I just mentioned it. Uh, so I don't know how familiar you are with the ship. I mean, everyone in the paranormal knows about the Queen Mary, but very historic yeah. vessel. Yeah. Uh, you know, and worked in uh, as a troop ship in World War II, was a peacetime luxury ocean liner sailing from New York to uh, Southampton and back, so the North Atlantic route. Uh, seen a lot of death, seen a lot of, of happiness and euphoria, different people from all walks of life. One of the the popular, I guess, spirits on board was a, an actual crewman about 18 years old. Uh, I'm just going to use his initials because the family gets a little weird if you, oh, if yeah. you mention his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll just say the initials of JP. He was an 18-year-old crewman, fireman and bilge cleaner who uh, was assigned in March of 1966 on the Queen Mary. And so he had a few voyages prior to the one that uh, took his life, sadly. So he worked in the boiler rooms. And then on the last voyage, he worked in the aft engine room. And he was found crushed in watertight door number 13 on the starboard shaft alley side. To uh, everyone's knowledge, uh, no one saw exactly what happened to him, but he was found pretty much wedged in there, bleeding. They weren't sure if he was deceased at that moment. They took him out, administered morphine, and then brought him up to the ship's hospital hospital where he was pronounced uh, deceased. And so a lot of people have had experiences with him in the after-engine room. A lot of people have seen him, have experienced him in other areas of the ship. But I had one interesting, another, again, another apparitional type of encounter I was on a tour earlier in the night and the group was communicating to him and we were having a very interesting, engaging session. And so then we migrated from the aft engine room to the, the uh, boiler room area. There were five boiler rooms or five boiler, yeah, five boiler rooms. And so I think if I remember correctly, we were number three or four. And so I was in one of those daydream states at one point and I was looking forward off into this vacant boiler room space. When all of a sudden I kind of sensed that someone was on my right side. And so then I looked and I saw this individual. I saw JP and he looked almost to be in like a, a sepia or black and white tone. I saw like the shoulders, the, the neck and the head float toward me. He had a, a, a smile on his face and then float backwards and yeah. then just disappear. And so there is a historical photograph of him. And it was as if though that photograph came to life. Ooh. And so that was one of the, the, I mean, I've had so many experiences on that ship, but that's one of the ones that really stands out to me. And that happened, I think it was 2016. Um, but I know, I guess some others, uh, a lot of people are, are 
iffy when it comes to the spirit box. I myself use it, but I use it sparingly, and I always like to use it in conjunction with other with other devices so I don't just rely on it. But at yeah. the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, we've actually had some very interesting responses that seemingly correspond to our questions, correspond to historical questions we ask, similar vocalizations coming through on a monthly basis, that sort of thing. And to me, that's interesting. I've never really had that happen at other historical sites where it's that consistent mm-hmm. and where the responses are so indicative of an understanding of that location's history. So that's something we're currently researching. But for whatever reason, it seems like that device is successful you know, I'm hesitant about it, but then spirit going box. with it seems like it's successful at that site. So, well, and that's one of the things we've always said on the history of this show is that we love people who can investigate places for long lengths of time. Yeah, I'm jealous. Instead right. of I'm ins- jealous. Yeah, instead of just going on, you know, going on a, a weekend trip somewhere and then, uh, oh yeah, we investigated that place. But like, if you actually really are into paranormal research and you have access to one of these places, a lab. essentially you have yeah, your own yeah, lab. Yeah, you have your own lab um, right. that you can test yeah. things over and over and then start to see correlations like you did. That like, hey, this thing understands the past here. This and, and get them repeatedly you know it's something that's repeatable that that to me i love i love that and so i'm so jealous that you guys can do that and especially you said 10 years yeah have you yeah it's been i mean it it actually started out as just for like a a seasonal halloween type of uh tour and and our tour is very it's not like the you know uh flamboyant disneyland haunted mansion i mean it's it's literally a combination of history and the paranormal we blend the two yeah, and so it gives the guests a chance to learn about the site's history. And then we run it like a paranormal investigation. But we've been able to have uh, corresponding responses, uh, uh, energies coming through that, you know, I haven't done any voice analysis or deep voice analysis, but I mean, very recognizable vocalizations that introduce themselves as, you know, some of the names of the past people that live there. Uh, similar types of experiences that maybe we had, let's say, one month, and then six months later, that experience will be repeated. And so even our guests, too, uh, through their experiences, have been able to uh, correlate, you know, uh, you know, their information to ours. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting, to say the least. And that's the stuff that, you know, Amber mentioned. I'm very jelly about that. I'm jelly. I'm jelly. I'm totally so jelly. jelly. Um, uh, about that, you know, people who are able to investigate something because you know, a lot of people like to throw the you know the the term scientific method around in the paranormal. Um, uh, and, yeah. and I got my own rants about that, but that's not what I, that's not my per, my point here. Um, yeah. One of the one of the one of the basis of sci- of the scientific method is statistics and reproduction, right? Right. And right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're able to spend time at a place like years, like in your case, uh, and you're able to develop statistics, you're able to develop numbers and math, you know, you're able to just get stats on things. Simple as that. Right. And that's really what I find interesting about that and why I'm really jelly uh, about not being able to, <laughs> to do that myself. Don't be. <laughs> no, it's a cool thing. No, it's a cool thing. It's, it's, I, I like that idea because that's people should have their own labs like that. I mean, I hate to refer to a historic site yeah. or a, a beautiful ship as a lab, but in this case, it, it kind of is. Right. Uh, I think that- you could. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great way to look at it. I mean, it's always kind of I mean, I really do think that to get a very good sample or a good uh, 
case report, you have to investigate a location for at least six months over the course of several days, applying different, you know, experiments and methodologies and things like that. I mean, yeah, an overnight investigation can lend some information, but it's, it's not nearly enough. I mean, we just recently finished a, a case and they only let us in for three hours. Yeah. That's not, I mean, we didn't even hardly have it. We would have spent that whole time doing baseline studies. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's not nearly enough to say, and then they want you to answer. Well, not necessarily this location, but other locations might say, well, so do you think it's haunted? Well, <laughs> I can't I give you yeah. that information in just a few hours. That's impossible. No, it's, I, I so, think that's. Yeah, you guys know. You know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. And, I, and I, my answer is very simple usually for that. I have no idea if it's haunted or not. I don't. Yes. I, I'm not one of right. those that will err on the side of, oh, yeah, it's def- there's a demon here, and we have to remove it, so we're going to have to hire the exorcist. And I, No, it's yeah. simple. It's simple, man. Uh, and, yeah, in three hours, really, I mean, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm starting to sound like a broken record on this show, I think, but, I mean, I say this a lot because I want people to hear this because it applied 20 years ago, and it applies today. Uh, right. I know when I when I was going out doing stuff a more way more active than I am now, um that's the things I used to tell people when I go to someone's house and, and check it out. If they ask me to come by and cause they thought they may have, may have something running around their house, you know, and it's not like I'm walking in there with a proton pack on my back either. I mean, it's, it's, I'm coming there with a camera and a recorder <laughs> and I would say the same thing. Like, look, we're going to take pictures. We're going to take a video. We're going to take yep. audio. And what you, you think you have, you think you got some cute suspicion of something right now. Now, no matter what I tell you, if I show you a picture of something that I would consider anomalous, that's going to confirm it for you, no matter what I say. And that can freak right. people. Right, I mean, that's a good yeah. point. That can, yes. that can freak people out. I mean, it really does. Yeah. So I would tell people over and over again, like, look, I'm going to give you five days to call, you know, to make a decision on what you want to do here before we come in with all the equipment, you know. Uh, so take your time, make a decision. Uh, because I'm not going to be responsible for you running out of your house at three o'clock in the morning in your underwear screaming. I'm just not going to do that. Right. I know. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's a super important thing uh, as far as a protocol for people to follow even today. Like, okay, look, this is a serious mm-hmm. thing. I think some people may not take it as serious uh, and, 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 and I'm not trying to be mean, but I mean, some people don't, they don't take it as serious. They, they, they think it, this is, and believe me, this is a very interesting and, I, and I'll use the word hobby sparingly also, um, but it's a very interesting thing to be a part of. But I think people have to take into account, too, that these are sometimes you're messing with people's psychology, like their fragile psyche sometimes. And that's one of those things that really when I and that goes back to what I just said, like, well, you think it's haunted? Well, I don't know. It's going to take some time here. And, you know, I, <laughs> I don't want yeah, to exactly. dump that on I, somebody. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm sitting here nodding my head as you're talking. So <laughs> I mean, I'm in total agreement. Yeah, I, I don't want to just dump. I, I, I would never. I don't think I could ever say like this place is. I don't think I've ever. Have you have you ever said that, Amber? Have Have you ever said to somebody like this place this is definitely place is haunted. this place is haunted? Uh, <laughs> I gotta do. How, how do you do that with the? <laughs> This place please, please, is please. clean or whatever. You're trying to <laughs> well, do that Zelda? lady. Zelda yeah. from Pol- no, no. I forget the This quote. place is haunted. And well, what, I don't know what that accent was. You and your accent. No, you can't. You can't do accent. accents. All right, all right. So <laughs> the, I, one of the, I, no, I've never actually walked in and said, this place is haunted, um, which we all know a lot of people in groups love to do. I've walked in the places where I felt an energy, uh, interesting feeling. Yeah, I'll tell, I've maybe said, I've given like, hey, I've, 
this is what I felt. This is what we saw. This is what we recorded. Mm -hmm. But we can't tell you what it is because we don't know what it is. It's just something we want to observe. And I think the best thing you can do is look at someone who may live in a location or business that has paranormal activity and look at them and go, you're not crazy. They just want that confirmation that what they see. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So you can give a little comfort. I don't know about you guys, but we're especially with private residence cases yeah some businesses too i mean the historical sites a lot of them know what's going on but usually with the private residence cases i'm very selective with the ones that i take on yeah like if i feel like some people are in it just to try to jerk my chain or maybe there's some mental instability there or maybe there's some physical issues or maybe there's some drama you know dramatic family dynamics i mean those are all reasons why i won't take on a case yeah so, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's very important, I think, how you word things with people. Yeah. You and know, just it's kind of leaving it open-ended, you know. It's just like, who am I to go in and say, oh, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, definitely. You have a ghost right over there in your corner. Yeah, it's right there. I mean, it's we sitting in the corner. That, I can you know? see it. I Why mean, can't you see it? What's wrong with you? You can't see the ghost. I can see the ghost. His name's Jerry. He, he's, he's, over there smoking a, he's over there smoking a Marlboro and reading the magazine. He, he, I don't know what you're talking about, Amber. Right, Yeah. Um, so you've been you've been investigating for a long time. You said over twenty years. So we all know that. Tre- uh, yeah, yeah, about that. We know trends come and go. And when we got into this, there were certain things that we did or looked for that we have thrown out uh, we the find door. It absolutely ridiculous um, now. Or yeah, I look back in the past and kind of cringe. Oh my god, what's wrong? Or with there's me? things that I've I've developed over time and picked up and 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 wanted to experiment with. But since since for your two decades, have you found certain things? in your investigative techniques that you've just changed, thrown out, or adopted? I think one thing is, I mean, I think there's just such an overabundance of new technology being developed. I think there's pros and cons to that, you know, because some of the technology isn't really, you know, beta tested. It isn't, it it might be for uh, entertainment purposes. Uh, There's just not, I think a lot of the equipment out there is just not, that decent anymore and so that's one thing uh, like back when I first started there was not as many types of devices out there and so I've and I've seen this kind of over the years developing but I'm finding that more and more people are losing sight on relying on themselves and you know for not only personal experiences but relying on their senses Mm -hmm. you know just kind of uh sitting around or conducting a vigil, whatever it is, and, yeah. and really relying on the human body as, as a detector. I don't think that there's any such thing as a ghost detector, but you know what I mean? If there is, the human body, I think, would be the the uh, primary one. So I think that people are, are losing sight on that, and there's just such an over-reliance on all these, on these pieces of equipment. So I think that's one thing that I've noticed um, over the years. Uh I'm trying to think, you know, I, well, I think in some other, oh, go ahead. Well, I'm what? saying let's, un- let's unpack that a little bit because I think it's a hot topic for us too with this thing. Yeah. Uh, it oh, is absolutely. for me. Yeah. Um, that that's one of my biggest gripes now, to be honest with you, with the field, and and it's it's also yeah. something that it's also something that I that I'm, I I find fascinating because I've I've said this before on this show. I mean, I've met some wonderful people in in our travels that have worked on some really interesting gadgets, some really interesting equipment that they're they're showing some pretty interesting uh, evidence. Right. Oh yeah. Right. And, and that's and that's great. Um, but yeah, I, I to your point. I think that yeah, there are there. There's a sect, 
and they're not bad people. They're wonderful people. They're nice people. Uh, but there's a sect of people uh, in this field that that's all they. I think that that's their focus is is equipment, is the hard science edge of this thing, the equipment side. Now, to be fair, to be fair, sorry, letter, letter Kenny <laughs> reference. I had to do it. To I had to do fair. it. To be fair. Uh, so. I guess, you know, in, in their mind, I'd like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see it through their eyes. Like, okay, and I agree with you, Nicole. I think the human body is the, it, we're not necessarily a ghost detector, but I mean, we're hardwired with five senses that we know of, right? Uh, I mean, oh, really, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're our the most- Our brain's a supercomputer. Our brain's a supercomputer. I mean, there's this is the best equipment you have. I think, you know, obviously from an evidence standpoint, what people who are relying heavily on the tech heads, right? Let's the techies. Um, their idea simply is that, like, they want to develop a piece of equipment that can reliably, over and over again, produce results. And I think that's fantastic. But they get obsessed with that. They get obsessed right. with that. Right? No, idea. I agree. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I got. I. I personally have shied away from the whole equipment thing for a very long time. I, I, I like the idea, like, like you're saying, I, I mean, it's, I think it's a healthy mix is good too, but I mean, nowadays I will literally just go somewhere and just walk around with a camera and maybe a recorder in my hand. And if something happens, and that's just it, that's all you really need. I mean, and I, and not everyone is into the whole metaphysical side or the atypical types of techniques, but I'm even open to, to pendulums and divining rods and, you know, using certain crystals and, and things like that, you know, not relying on necessarily that side over the more I'm going to say it. I know it's a cringy term, scientific side, but you know what I mean? No, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Those two, I, I like to blend because, it, you know, you never know. I, I almost, personality types, like certain uh, people are drawn to other people with, you know, depending on personality types, uh, some, and I would, if energy, if when someone dies, let's say they're obviously their energy remains. I would like to think that that includes the energy of how their, their brain may have functioned. Maybe they were more left brain. They, maybe they were more right brain. Yeah. So with that, if you take that into account, well, maybe one ghost or spirit over here might be more drawn to an audio recorder, whereas another one over here may respond better with divining rods, you know? So that's kind of like how I try to look at it. No, and that's, that's really a cool way to look at it too. I mean, yeah. take it. Take like it. I hate my picture taken in reality. So maybe if I were a ghost, I'd be like, so nah, no, nah, not <laughs> going in front too. of that one. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll whisper into that dude's, you know, little recorder there, but not stepping in front of the camera. I think I dive into the mind of the of the, yeah. te- of the technical side, the scientific side, like we were talking about even more. It's yeah. just, that, it's just, I, I, I think people, and I, I get, I like the hands on, I like the zeros and ones of it. I, I, I'm a huge fan of that stuff. And I think where and i the, and i see it becoming an obsession for a lot of people too and that the obsession i think comes from the idea that they may be the one that can crack this code that we can't figure out right we can't seem of to course. figure out why mm-hmm. it's such a random thing where people when you see a ghost um how it's such a random thing i mean we do have our legends of course on the uh, november 27th so-and-so walks across the cemetery to meet her lover uh we we hear that <laughs> over and over again but and we can go there and look and sometimes you see it maybe sometimes you don't um but i think that's what the the mind of, of the technical side of this thing is just that it's like and i think it's fantastic i mean somebody to have that's a pretty lofty goal to have i think to crack a code like that to understand What's going on on the other side? I don't know myself, but I really think that, you know, 
and I really want to give that side like a fair shake too, right? Um, as yeah, far as that. see, that's it. But that's I mean, yeah. I also, you know, and, and these, I mean, these are pe- some people I've met. They spent years on this stuff. I mean, I can do nothing but take my hat off to people like that, and I have the ultimate respect. Oh for them. yeah, totally. But yeah, it's 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 a friendly thing that I say. Of yeah, maybe you're too reliant on that. Maybe you should, like we said. And I mean, th- what you said is a really interesting idea, though, Nicole. Because, okay, so let's just say you're trying to, you're trying to find, you're trying to get to, to communicate with the spirit of of your passed away grandfather or somebody, right? Now, if you yeah. that was your grandfather or my grandfather, I know that person pretty well. So knowing that, like that's and what you said, Amber, kind of putting this all together. This is actually a really interesting idea about this because if you know the person and they and you you know they didn't like taking pictures when they were in their flesh bag, right? Um, who the hell would you think that they were? They, why would you think that they want to take pictures in the afterlife? <laughs> I mean, if it's the same, See that? I mean, yeah, it's common sense. That's, that's assu- That's assuming that consciousness is going to travel over and you you take those memories and everything like that over to the other side, I guess. Um, right. That, right. That's just my thoughts on that thing, but yeah, it's. As far as the trends like that, that's one that I think is a real hot, hot subject right now with people. And I yeah, hear more and more people. Right. Yeah. And just all the advances too. like, you know, even for, let's just choose audio record or audio recorders for, for the sake of discussion here. Yeah. Yeah. Even audio recorders now are more advanced. You know, you have like the four and five channels and things like that. I mean, it, that doesn't necessarily mean the more advanced is that it's going to capture more vocalizations. I mean, an older version may work just well. I mean, I use a, uh, like a 10 uh, one of mine is like a, a 10 year old olympus recorder and i get more on that than some of the fancier task and zooms and you know so it just i, I don't know this dependent i guess on the energy or the right circumstance and i think too you know not to knock down television or paranormal television but there's all this advanced stuff that people are seeing on these shows that may not be available for just the everyday paranormal team and so that i think causes a lot of problems too you don't necessarily need what you're seeing on television to have a successful case study at least in my opinion based on you know my research well it's one of those things my opinion it's one of the things i never thought i'd see in this field and i'm not griping about it but i i said it years and years ago i'm like i didn't know the paranormal was gonna become golf (laughs) <laughs> because I mean, if you think about right, it, it, I know, it, it, I guess, you know, well, the professional, when I hear, Oh God, when I hear that, I, I, I just cringe too, but well, the professionals use this thing. I'm like, yep. there, there's no professionals here, but okay. There, that's a thank you so much. Yes. There's no such thing as that. I yeah. mean, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I'll correct. Go ahead. I mean, I, I'm, I do it in a nice way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice person, but if you know, someone says, Oh yeah. So you're a paranormal expert. I'll be like, no, no. I mean, Thanks, thanks for thinking of me that way. But no, I I like to say I'm a student. I'm constantly learning. There's no such thing as an expert in this field. Yeah, I like that. I, that scares me half to death because I have friends who are like, oh well, yeah, like right. I'm yeah. the I, I like getting that phone call from the random person I haven't talked to in like ten years, or maybe somebody I don't even know that a friend of mine referred them to me, and they say, hey man, so I hear you're a paranormal expert, and I'm like. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I just got off a of work. Yeah, like, what is no. going on here? What? I haven't had coffee yet. Why are you doing this to me, right? And yeah. th- because, because well, th- I'm the one person that has experience with it, right? And that's what I say. I'm like, well, I have some experience with this stuff. I'm not an expert in any universe that this may be going on. I'm not an expert. It's as simple as that. Um, 
but you, exactly. you do get that stigma. <laughs> I guess that's the word I'm looking oh, for. Oh, yeah. That, that yeah, stigma. It's, just, it's annoying, but it's, you just have to roll with it, I guess. I but, mean, will we ever be? I don't even know if that's ever going to, I mean, I don't know if they'll, they'll ever be. Hard no on that. Expert. That's just like an oxymoron. No, I, I predict no on that. Not in our lifetimes, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, not for like another, I don't know. 500,000 years. I mean, I don't know if I'm <laughs> that out there, but yeah, totally. Yeah, Amber. So, Nicole, you've written a book, San Diego's Most Haunted. And when I think of San Diego, one house pops into my head all the time. Well, actually, a couple. But mm. but one of them is the Whaley House. And of course. I think I always hear, yes. like, it's one of the most haunted houses in America. But what what is, I can't for the life of me remember what the story is behind that and why it's so haunted. You know, so the, the Whaley family, uh, Thomas Whaley and his wife, they had several children. And so they built uh, the largest Greek revival, I think it was a Greek revival brick structure in, in Old Town San Diego. And that still obviously remains today. And so they lived in the house. Uh, there was even a general store in there. They had a theater upstairs, but the family actually lived inside. Um, Yankee Jim Robinson, he was uh, a, a thief and uh, he was hung on the property where the Whaley House stands. And so that is another claim as to why it's so active. He was about, I think, I'm not sure exactly in, in inches, he was six feet or, or a little over six feet, uh, six feet tall. And so the saying goes is when he was released and the, the noose, I guess, was around his neck he had a slow strangulation because he was so tall. Oh. And so his death was rather uh, horrendous in that, in that regard. So a lot of people have, have heard uh, his heavy boots upstairs or walking around the house. I've even heard that at times. Uh, people have seen the family. They've seen Thomas Whaley's uh, figure spirit form at the top of the stairs, as well as his wife, Anna, uh, you know, and even some of the other kids running around. They had a dog, I believe named Dolly. People have, seen the dog they've had uh sensations of like a tongue licking their legs hmm. so there's a lot of different uh activity that goes on in the house but i do think that it's over the years i think they're starting to crack down on that and lessen that which i i highly respect i don't think that all members of the family uh if they are here in spirit form are happy because i mean these tours are going in like herds of cattle. You'll bring yeah. people in, get them out as quick as they came in. So it's just almost very exploitative in that regard. But it is advertised as like America's most haunted house, you know. So I, I, I don't get it. I don't think, <laughs> I think it's way overhyped. I'm not saying that there's not paranormal activity there. Right. But I just think it's way overhyped, especially in comparison to some of the other uh places in san diego like the star of india or the berkeley ferry boat or even some other places in old town so it's just one of those things well you know one of the things that i you, you mentioned the word overhyped <laughs> which which, yeah. can, which can be a it can be a, a another sore point for me too because i i find i mean i, I want to know what your thoughts are on this it, it's it, and i hate to go these directions but it's something that it's it's stuff to think about because there's been a lot of, yeah, I mean, of here course. in Michigan where we're at, I mean, I've, I've come across a lot of just random buildings we find that a group of people will say, well, this has been, this is a very haunted place and we'll have tours here and we can do all these things. And I'm like, and one of the things I say about that, and I mean, I'm not, I haven't done a lot of research myself either, but I ask people sometimes, um, 
So where's the documentation on this sometimes? <laughs> where's the documentation right, yeah. on, on what right. happened here and things like that? And I mean, I'm not, I'm not calling people outright frauds, but I found that they're, I call it manufacturing a haunting. I get that's what I've actually well, see, coined. Yes. Yeah. I love that term. Yeah. That's beautiful. And yes. I mean, maybe some people are, I don't, I don't want to be negative and stuff like that, but it's something I've seen as far as something over the last few years, especially, um, you know, you get a group of people that, We'll take a location. Maybe they'll buy the property, whatnot, and they'll have tours there. Now, if it's a historical tour, I, I guess that's kind of interesting. I mean, if you if you buy a historic property and you want to simply have historic you know, history tours there, and you have done the research and you have this stuff to back it up, I think that's fantastic. That's super cool. It's something fun for people to do. I think I think the go the ghost tour thing though, which I think they're they're super cool. I enjoy them. I think sometimes and have you? I mean, let me ask you this thing because you you guys obviously do these tours, Nicole. Do people come to your, to your tour sometimes expecting to have the lights scared out of them? Do they, do they come there with that yes. expectation, right? Yes, they do. And we actually kindly put them in their place. And we say, look, <laughs> this is not a circus. You know, energies don't act on cue. I can't tell you if something's going to happen. And we're very honest about that. We're very open about that. And we say sometimes there's not a lot of activity. Sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. I mean, because a lot of these tours that we do, one's at 7 p.m. and one's at 9.30 p.m., I can't tell you how many people have emailed me and have asked, so uh, am I likely to experience something at the 9.30 tour as opposed to the 7? You know, I mean, oh. sometimes the seven's more active than the 9.30. I mean, it's, it's just one of those hard things to, to analyze. And unless, you know, I think a lot of times, too, in these manufactured hauntings, I mean, how much is the, the human element put into that? You know, or, or you know, is there this psychokinetic creation of, yeah. of energies? Yeah. That maybe prior to all the hype about that building, maybe this this type of activity or type or activity type A and activity type B never occurred. But all of a sudden it's all occurring now because scores and scores of people are going in there. Well, and you have, so, score, you, have yeah, you may have you know? scores and scores of people who are freaking, they're freaking out. I mean, that, that type of energy you're mm-hmm. talking about too. I, we've, I, we've actually done experiments in the past and I'm not necessarily proud of it, but uh, me and an associate actually did an experiment like that with some people where we took some people to a location and on the way there, we kind of talked the place up. We kind of yeah. in the car driving there. We kind of talked the place up and said, "Oh yeah, there was mm-hmm. a there was a double murder murder here. The guy murdered his family and he killed himself. And yeah, the place is pretty messed up. There's a pretty horrid thing that happened there. And yeah, they say the guy the, you get to see the spirit running. And I, I, I you know what I, I I'll say it was BS. I mean, a lot of it was. But what we were trying to learn from that was how people would respond when they were front loaded that kind of information." Right. And right, exactly. I mean, I hate to say it, that situation, those people came there and they did get pretty rattled for a short time. And we got them out of there and we had a conversation with them and said, hey, look, you're probably not going to be too happy with us right now. But we we didn't really know any other way to do this <laughs> without kind of not saying to you, anything to you guys about this thing. We And they were they were they were decent sports about it. Thank goodness. But um, that's that's one of the that's a good example of that, I think, is when people have it when you give someone an expectation or they, they, you know, even if they do some research on their own, right. You get that. And you might get that kind of energy where people are just kind of come, they're all amped up. They're, they're like a, they're a biomechanical furnace, 
right, running around. And yes. yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, and it, it, it's very fluid. I mean, all these ideas we're talking about, it's kind of hard to nail it all down. But um, I, I was curious about that as far as people, because I'm glad that you guys kind of shut them down at the very beginning because. I mean, some people can really genuinely get themselves scared out of their out of their wits too. I've seen this happen to people. Oh, where they get really scared. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. We actually do a little short presentation before. I'm not saying this is the right way it should be done or anything, but how we do it is we just do a short little presentation at the beginning, and we talk a little bit about about uh, you know some of the gadgets we use and about the ways we approach you know the investigations but right from the bat you know because people there's always one in the crowd that's going to ask that question so are we going to experience anything yeah <laughs> i can't answer that for you i mean no. you know and it's all i mean you can you could people our brains are so crazy i mean we can psych ourselves out you know yeah. i mean and that's i think a lot of what people do sometimes or maybe one person has this off the chart experience then they go tell their people their yeah. people then tell their people and then it's like a ripple effect and all of a sudden that's now a claim yeah you know that maybe didn't exist before so it's just yeah it's like all these things you have to pay attention to absolutely well and that's personality types i don't think we've even mentioned that too yeah you mentioned you mentioned yeah. oh, yeah. psych yourself yeah. out uh that's a that's a that's a trait right there for some people they'll they'll start running something through their mind like a, like a like a mouse running on a wheel and they keep amping it up and amping it up and that's where you have the panic that'll happen with some people mm-hmm. i've seen people uh, yes. I was, it was one of the It'll never leave my mind. The first time me and a couple of friends went to Mansfield Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. Oh, yeah, I really, still have yet to go yeah, there. Places, oh, it's, it's on my list. Well, and it's 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 one I mention here on this show a lot too for for several reasons. But this is something I saw that night. Uh, the first time we went there, they opened the building up for people to go in, and we went in there, and we were walking around, and we came outside after about an hour, and we were just getting some fresh air, and. There was literally a girl being carried out by a couple of people who was just fr- frantically crying and shivering and stuff like that. I don't know what happened oh, to her. Oh, no. And, we, I, and I don't, maybe she did see something. I don't know. Uh, and I didn't ask what necessarily happened to her, but it was a, it's an image that has never left my mind. But I, I, I lean it back towards what we talked about, though. Like somebody may have really psyched her out and then got her in there. Yes. And it's like, you 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 know fight or flight <laughs> you know what i mean and she that, she freaked out <laughs> she, she she tweaked out that seems logical i mean just think about what went on in that in that building so yeah. it's a beautiful building yeah it's it's an absolutely oh, incredible oh god building. i know you have to go if you get time and i'm sure the go. pictures don't do it just i mean the pictures are great too but i mean it's it's literally like in the top 3 on my on my bucket list yeah it's a, it's a beautiful place to go yeah you you got to go there so uh, one thing i want to talk to you about too So we've talked a lot about, you know, hauntings and stuff like that, experiences you've had. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, and this may be a kind of a wide open thing, but what is, do you have a theory on this, on all this stuff as far as hauntings are concerned? I mean, after all this time you've had, and I think we all develop our own, our own ideas, our own theories about what may be happening out there. Do you have any certain ideas yourself? You know, I think... One one that I have, and again, this is just something I've tossed around in, in regards to, I guess, more of the, the ghosts and hauntings route or the spirit realm is, you know, there's, I kind of, I mean, in the last several, I mean, I know that people for many, many, many years have been studying the paranormal, but it seems like it's really taken off, you know, in the last 10, 20 years. And so there's more and more people in the field. And I'm wondering if that's 
somehow influencing the spirit realm and maybe almost acting as a capacitor or battery for them, kind of waking them up, if you if you will. And so maybe that could there's like this parallel relationship going on between us and that realm. I mean, uh, it seems as though in some regards that the the spirit realm is reaching out almost a, a helping hand in certain situations. I mean, yeah. in the last few years, last 10 years, I mean, there's a lot of challenges in society. There's a lot of, I mean, right now I, with the politics situation and all that going on. So maybe there's that too is influencing um, the realm, but I do think that there's more of an interaction now going on between you know, the, the the afterlife and those here that are still in the corporeal realm, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as long as that's not like a psychokinetic creation or something like that. Another theory that I, I think, too, and, and again, I'm not saying that negative energies don't exist. I mean, I'm not saying that at all. I think they do. But there's just such an over, at least in my opinion, there's such an over-focus on, on malevolence and evil and demonology and all that, and that's great to study that. That's I'm not knocking anyone down who yeah. studies that uh, type of energy. But I, I've one of my theories is has to do with like tulpas and thought projections. And so you know, if, if there was a way to study this, like what percentage of alleged, I guess alleged demonic cases or malevolent cases are actually human produced, where the living agent is projecting his or her own. I guess, negative energy or internal baggage, if you will, onto the environment. And, Psyching and themselves out again. The paranormal. Psyching themselves out. So those are, those are two prevalent theories that I've, you know, I would love to test more, but yeah. I, I do think that tulpas and thought projections really need to be added to the list of classifications because I think that, yeah. that there's something going on there. Perhaps this idea, so, you, the, the previous idea that you, you proposed Maybe it is this energy we were talking about, this mind energy, like people's minds are aiming. Our minds are being directed towards the other realm or whatever. The right, afterlife. right. And maybe that is, maybe that's all it takes. It don't have to be a physical thing. It don't have to be an action. It just has to be a thought. Well, it's intention, you know, intention, intention. intention. There you go. Yeah. Intention. Um, do a lot. But no, I, I, I agree with you, Nicole, that uh, the thought form Tulpa thing all the way, like I just, I think our minds are so much more capable of things we can't even fathom that and and that's what causes a lot of this stuff and and then why it's so hard to study and but i yeah i 100 percent i i know i love that philip experiment i wouldn't mind doing a whole show on that but where they created that thought form named philip and basically created a ghost yeah like right there is proof that that happens so well and that's the um, same idea that we were i mean i mentioned a few minutes ago about the experiment we did you know me and well sure sure and but kind of create we kind of created a a ghost in a certain way in a very short time yeah an instant ghost instant instant uh, ghost just add water yeah and (laughs) but i think this also happens like we said earlier in like these big public haunts uh with the paranormal tourism that you can start to grow you know just add water just grow these ghosts in these buildings by planning these stories in there and then people do start experiencing these yeah but maybe and maybe that's and and that's just as creepy though that's That's also just as creepy okay extremely creepy yeah Yeah. if if we don't know it's okay are are people coming in are they experiencing experiencing the actual authentic paranormal 
entity or are they now experiencing the topified thought projection created by humans? Yeah. No, or, you Which know, one? Or, you know, or yeah. is it that a certain, and there's this idea too, I mean, it's certain environments, whether they're older or newer, maybe there's certain elements that the building's made out of. We've heard this theory many times. And of that, course. And all that does, mm-hmm. all that does is create a honeypot, let's call it, um, for spirits That's to be attracted right. to. And yep. maybe what you're experiencing is not an artifact or a ghost from the past of that building. It, it could be Bill who used to work at Walmart for 30 years and then he passed away. You don't know who it was. Uh, it could be anybody because right. he was just attracted to the honeypot, right? So That's exactly it, yep. But, and then bringing people into an environment like that with intention, like Amber said, that amplifies that. And whammo, somebody sees something, feels something, experience, I mean, whatever the experience may be. So... Yeah, there's a lot of ways to look at that, I guess. Man, I'm melting down tonight. We, we, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, mean, I wish there was ways, better ways we could study, you know, experiments that can be developed where, and I think this would take more than just one or two teams. It would take many teams to get a really good sample size and, and, and whatnot and see what people come up with. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest problem we have, and this has been a problem for decades uh, since I've been a part of this thing, too. Uh, the, you know, academia obviously doesn't take this stuff seriously. There's very few foundations out there that are mm-hmm. putting any type of money into research, and and yeah, and I cannot. That, I know. I mean, I can't. I can't fault them. I mean, you know, can you give me a million dollars so I can prove the existence of ghosts? I mean, even yeah. though even though I bound, <laughs> even though I would back that, I mean. If I'm holding the purse strings on them, I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's yeah, because you're not gonna. I mean, the people in academia know the same thing that we know, Nicole. That and we already said this a few minutes ago. That we, I don't predict us uncracking this thing in my lifetime, and maybe five hundred thousand oh, years, either. like you said. I, I don't yeah. predict that happening. No, so not at all. I mean, the people in academia, they want they want experiments being done that's going to make a better. They're going they're they're going to want quantum cell phones or whatever they're going to want down the road or something like that. That, that they want something that can be marketable yeah. and be sold. That's unfortunately what people would put money into research for. They won't put money into research to prove that Marianne walked across the walks across the the graveyard every November twenty seventh. To I mean that whole idea, right? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, exactly. Can you imagine though if they did? Oh, it'd I mean, be amazing. Maybe we would inch closer to having a better understanding. But this this whole thing is so elusive. It is. It's totally elusive. And that's in a way that's the beauty of it, though. You know that that's what I think gives it its that's beauty in many regards. I think that's what keeps it exciting for me because it's, yeah. it's that wonder and those ideas that I can always come back to this mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, I mean, I know, I think a lot of people when they started doing this, I don't know about yourself, but I know I did. And I've said this oftentimes that our, we had a mission statement and our mission statement was to prove the existence of the afterlife. And I look back, if, speaking of things that you did when you were younger, I look back on that and go, that was the most ridiculous thing I ever thought of, you know, writing on a piece of paper was that mission statement. Was it a bad thing? Absolutely not. But once you start, I think, studying this stuff for a, for a number of years, you realize that, to me at least, yes. that, that wasn't the goal anymore. There was a lot more to it than that. And, uh, that's exactly. And that actually brings me to another point too. I mean, when I first started, I was all about, and don't get me wrong. I still love to conduct investigations and case studies, but to me, I mean, when I first started, it was all about 
going on the investigation and all this and using all this equipment and, you know, reviewing data. And don't get me wrong, I still enjoy doing that. But now it's like I've, I'm more into, okay, what, what I want to build that connection with, you know, if there are energies out there that I am communicating with and it's actually, in, you know, an authentic ghost or earthbound or, or spirit that I'm communicating with, I want it to me what's more important is that connection that I can have with that. Yeah. entity not so much like i want an evp right now you know so that that's something that i've that's changed for me over the years i think it's just i'm going kind of above the investigation and i'm um, seeing what that the connection brings and it's building blocks i think too i mean i don't think any yeah any yeah. any science or yeah. research uh, uh arena well you know it's you know it's it's been in some cases you know I'm sorry, centuries for uh, things to build up and get to where they are now uh, as far as research. Oh, and whatnot. So maybe it is just that direction, that intention that may get us there. I mean, that's, and yeah, I mean, we're going to leave this discussion with the same knowledge we had when we came to this discussion. <laughs> and that's cool. There's not, right. I mean, right. I mean, there's not a thing wrong every, with this. Yeah, it's great. Every, I mean, I've learned some things just talking with you guys, yeah, and, you know, that you're right. And that's just the beauty of it. That, and there, I should, I actually, that's probably a bad way to put that because we we are going to leave this discussion better people more enriched more wonderful yeah. people yes yeah. we're going to leave <laughs> I love it Nicole love it. thank you so much for talking to us I really really have Oh my time. god it's been a yourself. pleasure I could like literally talk to you guys for hours honestly <laughs> I think you, you both think kind of how I do so yeah, I think for sure. that, you know if we lived closer I'm sure you know our <laughs> investigative styles would be similar Ghostly talk <laughs> Thank you.